This is Power That Matters, and I'm your host, Tom Banks. Welcome to DSPM's first in this new podcast series, Power That Matters. Our purpose behind this project is to create a vehicle to improve communication with our customers, specifiers, and distributors. Toward this end, each week we'll dive deep into DSPM's technology and its application across an incredibly wide spectrum of needs and environments. Hello. Welcome to Power That Matters. I'm Tom Banks, DSPM's Director of Marketing and your host. With me today is DSPM's founder and engineering genius behind DSPM's technology, is Milton Mo Hansen. Mo, it's great to be here with you today. Well, Tom, thank you for inviting me. It is a pleasure to be here this evening. Uh, we're looking forward to these educational podcasts, and I'm looking forward to having your other guests come on board. So thank you for inviting me. Mo, the pleasure is all mine. So how about jumping right in? Each day I hear from our partners across the country, and they have the same needs. They want to better understand DSPM's technology, how it solves their specific problems, and how to select the right DSPM solution for their projects. But first, many want to know the difference between an inverter and a UPS. Can you clarify this for us? Well, Tom, really the difference between an inverter and a UPS is that an inverter is a subset of a UPS. A UPS standing for uninterruptible power supply, and the inverter is really a a classify devices used for emergency lighting. And so we've started to call them lighting inverters. And, uh, and so the, really the inverter is a subset of the UPS systems. And the job of a UPS, of course, is to, is to provide battery backup uh, when the power is out. And either you do it in an in a uninterruptible mode or an uh, interruptible standby mode. So that really is the difference is, uh, uh, is an inverter is just a subset of general UPSs. Well, I couldn't have expressed it any better. Thank you, Mo. Well, Tom, don't worry about it. We're going to whip you into shape in just a few sessions. Great. Just what I need is a whipping. Well, Mo, help me out with something that has been gnawing in the back of my brain. I hate to dump this on you, but can you explain in layman's terms the difference between single and three-phase electricity? Well, Tom, the difference is really the single phase is just a single leg of a three-phase system. All voltages in America that are produced from the Edison or the utility companies is really a three-phase power. When you look up at the utility poles, the giant utility poles coming into the city, you'll see that there are three wires that run. So the power uh, brought into the city, uh, into every city in in the United States and probably in the world, is really three phase power. And single phase is just the utilization of any one of those particular phases. And of course the voltage that's being brought in at the power grid level is up in the hundreds of thousands of volts and we go through transformers to get it down to either usable three phase or usable single phase. That's it. Well, I'm impressed. I believe I get it. And hopefully our listeners who had the same question found some clarity. I've heard many times people asking if Buy America Compliant is a big deal. I assure you, my friends, Buy America Compliance is a big deal. Patriotism aside, if your project receives any form of federal funding, I wouldn't be surprised 
that your vendors and suppliers need to be Buy America compliant, or at the very least, offer more for less, which is hard to do. Historically, the Buy America Compliance Act passed the Congress in 1933 and was signed into law by President Hoover. This act requires the United States government and federally funded projects to give preference to American-made products over foreign vendors. Simple as that. So, what does it take to be Buy America compliant? First, the emergency lighting inverter must be manufactured in the United States. And second, more than 50% of the cost of all the parts must also be manufactured in the U.S. So, if only 49% of the manufacturer's cost of parts is domestic, the device is not Buy America compliant. The good news, however, is DSPM complies with both conditions. Over half of our components' costs are domestic, and 100% of DSPM's inverters are built right here in the good old USA. Like so many state and federal regulations, the Buy America Act is complicated and often difficult to comply with. The good news is, however, DSPM is Buy America compliant and relieves you and your clients of yet another burden, distraction, and concern. Before we continue, if you ever need help with any of your projects, you can reach DSPM toll-free at 877-377-6769 and ask for Sandra or Pedro. They understand your technology, your needs, and are here to help. So let's return to our conversation with Mo Hansen, president of DSPM. Welcome back. I'm Tom Banks, your host on Power That Matters. With me today is Milton Mo Hansen, founder of Digital Signal Power Manufacturing, better known as DSPM. Well, Mo, I'm certain achieving Buy America compliance was no small feat. What was your biggest hurdle? Yes, Tom, it has been difficult for us to achieve Buy America Act's compliance. Uh, the batteries, which constitute a large portion of our system, are not being manufactured in the United States. So we have to import batteries, and the batteries constitute a fair amount of the material. But thank goodness, all of the material is, is uh, from a uh, non-battery uh, uh, is purchased locally in America and designed and, and manufactured in America. So we do meet the greater than 51% content, and so if any time anybody ever needs us to certify that, all they have to do is let us know and we can provide a letter of certification that we comply. Tell us about DSPM's battery monitoring, if you will. Well, Tom, thank you. Uh, uh, IBMS is our latest uh, product release, and it is really a monitoring system that allows us to monitor each and every battery in any one of our systems um, up to and including uh, 150 kW uh, units. Uh, we have almost an unlimited supply or uh, capability of adding batteries. Uh, it it uh, in the product will will be available from the 4.2 kW single phase line, uh, which is the PCL or the um, uh, the D plus. Tom, the uh, IBMS stands for Inverter Battery Monitoring System. So we monitor the inverter as well as the uh, battery. Uh, the system has the ability to monitor temperature, voltage, and power of each and every battery in the system, and it monitors the system level power uh, requirements and utilizations. 
So we have the ability to not only send alarms under battery conditions, either an over temperature or an over voltage, under voltage, any one of those are settable, but you can also set it up so that if the unit goes on a battery run or it fails to go on a battery run or you want to put it on a battery run, uh, this system will allow you to do that. And it's available from our 4.2, uh, I'm sorry, our 4.7 kW single phase all the way through the 150 kVA three phase. We can do it in both the uh, power links, which is the UPS for five or 10 minutes, or we can do it in the, uh, the systems that sometimes have hours of battery backup. There really is no limitation uh, to the number of systems nor the lim number of batteries per system that we can monitor. Well, IBMS looks like a significant addition to DSPM's product line. Let's talk a little bit about DSPM's high-voltage DC to AC converter, often euphemistically referred to as the third rail converter. So tell us a little bit about that interesting product and its technology. Well, Tom, we have the uh, latest product for the, for the uh, Transit Association. We have been providing the, New York, or the Chicago Transit Authority for their uh, lighting inverters now for the last five or six years. And, and they came to us a couple of years ago and asked us if we would develop a inverter that would take their three, uh, their third rail uh, 600 volts DC and convert it to a usable AC. Uh, they had explained to us that, the, that about a half a dozen companies had tried it and that only one company that was uh, based in England had been successful and that they were wondering if we would uh, uh, try it. Well, it took us a year to prepare the prototype. We installed the prototype in June of 2018 at a Jarvis station in Chicago, and the device has been running extremely well. Uh, the environment is, is very rugged. The outdoor enclosure, uh, stainless steel, they're, they're, they have a very interesting requirement. The input voltage volatility is from 600 volts DC nominal, but it, it, it fluctuates all the way to 2,000 volts DC and as low as 350 uh, volts DC. And what they're asking or have asked of us is to produce a product that would, that would handle that, uh, that, that uh, fluctuation of voltage and, and the uh, volatility of the electricity that is being subjected to the environmental conditions of a track running along the, the countryside in, in Illinois and Chicago. And, uh, and build a unit that was able to survive. So we put a unit in a year ago, and they have just recently uh, placed their first production units with us. And so it's, it's a wonderful product and extremely rugged. The concept is to plug it in and come back 20 years later. We're, we're designing it so that, it's, so that it's a minimal, absolute minimal uh, requirement for maintenance on this thing. There are no batteries. Uh, the device will uh, will self-start and regulate outside in the snow in the in the middle of the summer. Uh, it is really a fantastic uh, product, Tom. That's really interesting. Sorry for the interruption, but you said direct current, just like our model railroad trains. Why do they run on direct current at all? Well, Tom, I think the basic reason that the trains run on the basic current versus the AC is the distribution requirements. When you look at the uh, three-phase uh, voltages uh, versus single-phase voltages that we covered just a little bit earlier. Uh, the concept of having thousands of amps running through a single phase of AC power uh, 
would mean that 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 particular voltage would have to be very high AC and probably not in existence in the United States. The 600 volt DC is already high enough. Now in a sense, the DC that we're running on is the three phase AC. What, uh, what the, people to, um, the people that make the trains and operate the trains have really placed very, very large transformers with large rectifiers along every mile stretch of a track. And so every mile place another transformer and that transformer has a rectifier that goes in the output and actually takes the three phase AC power and produces the DC that the trains run on. So when the train is running, it is actually running on the three phase AC, but it has really been converted from AC to DC. So that I believe is the reason. It's an easier to distribute it and the power requirements are satisfied with uh, DC uh, power. Well, I know I speak for our audience and the entire DSPM team in thanking you for making time to join us on this inaugural episode of Power That Matters and sharing your insights. More importantly, the entire DSPM organization shares your vision for DSPM as well as your commitment to customer satisfaction. Well, that brings episode one of Power That Matters to a close. Certainly none of this is possible without your participation. Join us again next week when one of our leading distributors around the country joins us to share his insights into bringing DSPM to his customers. Again, thank you for making all we do possible. From all of us at DSPM to you, our partners in ensuring the lights are on when they matter most in an emergency. Be well and never forget, DSPM is here with power that matters. 